Okay, good morning, gentlemen. We are on 120B, three li- two lines from the bottom. And uh, we're at the tail end of the, um, of the, of Sachim. And uh, we're talking about uh, when the Seder should end, uh, or at least when the eating of the matzah should end, or certainly the Korban Pesach. And so we quoted a view uh, Rav Lazar ben Azariah, that it should end by chatzos, halachic midnight. So the question is, what happens at midnight? Who turns into a pumpkin, as they say? Um, so the korban, uh, after midnight, it's considered leftovers, meaning you're not allowed to eat it after midnight. And so uh, it becomes, uh, what's the halacha of leftovers? So the Mishnah said, the rabbis decreed that if you touch it, your hands are tummy. Good morning. So the question is, why would the rabbis institute that touching a leftover korban, you have to, your hands are tummy? What was the reason for that? And that's what we're going to get into now. And again, it's a, it's a reminder of uh, halacha, which unfortunately some people have, uh, aren't always careful to do. It's different if it happens that way. Like I said, our meals can get delayed and it could happen after midnight, but there's no question that you're supposed to try to follow the halacha and eat the afikomen before midnight. Um, again, if it happens that way that it, uh, you know, you can't skip the meal, you can't do other stuff, everybody has to, you know, we put a lot of work into Pesach, but we try to do it before, and there definitely is an opinion that it's it's tame, it's, it's, uh, it's leftovers after midnight. So, uh, but the Mishnah threw in something else. There's another kind of Corbin that goes bad. So one way a Corbin goes bad, what, and I would, you could, it, Corbin could go bad by uh, having a blemish, by, uh, um, uh, by uh, being the wrong age, by, uh, all, there are all sorts of ways before you get to the Beis HaMikdash that it could go bad. But let's say everything was done right getting into the Beis HaMikdash. And procedurally, everything was done right. So what could go wrong? So one thing is that if you eat it beyond the time, it becomes no, sir, it has to be burned. Another thing is the famous pickle that we had in other Mesechtas, which uh, is that if the Kohen who does it has the wrong thoughts, uh, sometimes it could be the owner has the wrong thoughts, that's a discussion, it turns the animal, the Corbin, into pickle. And uh, we pickles, uh, it it's, uh, has to be burnt. And uh, the rabbis instituted also, if you touch pigle, your hands are tummy. So that was the final halacha of the, mig- the Mishnah. That korbanus gone bad, meaning either they're leftovers, they're noser, or, and again, korban pesach after midnight is noser. Hopefully you ate some of it before midnight. Uh, you're not just... In other words, you could do all the mitzvahs and have a little leftover lamb, so you meant to finish it, you didn't, so you'll burn it. It's not a big deal. At least you did the mitzvahs. But if uh, you didn't yet eat it and it's no, sir, then you're stuck. It's no good. So you'll have to go to Pesach Sheni. Uh, well, actually depends. It could be if it was shechted and you just didn't eat it. Uh, that was a different halacha. Oh, yeah. But at any rate, so the question was, why would the rabbis in their great wisdom institute that it has tumah, uh, that... You have to wash your hands. It has to be handled special. Do all carbonos past their time become tamay? No. Specifically, carbon pesach. Uh, well, all noser does. That's all yeah, any yeah. Carbon that's past its time. Any carbon that's past its time. Yeah. So the question was, why did they institute that? 
Why, what reason did the rabbis do that? So there are two opinions, of course. Rav Huna, Rav Chista. Chad Omar, one of them said, Mishum Chashide Kahuna. One of them said, the Kohanim are suspect. Uh, and we'll see, though. The problem here is that we're talking about two different cases. Leftovers and Pigol, the wrong thoughts. One of them said, Atzile Kahuna, lazy Kohanim. In other words, in order to prevent that, we have to make a tummy. So, and then one of them said, how much uh, is the minimum size of a leftover or a, or a pigle? One said a kazayas, and one said kabea, an egg size. So, let's turn to today's page. 121. Chadetania pigle. Uh, one of them, even though, uh, in other words, when we said uh, of, of laziness or of, um, or of suspect, one is referring to pigle, the chadetania nosif. And he explains. On the case where the Corbin is Pigol, what's the problem here? So let's say the Israel doesn't treat the Kohen right. Meaning that the Israel uh, sees the Kohen as his servant. Here, bring this for me. Or the Kohen really doesn't like the Israel. So he has one way to get it back. He can Pigol his Corbin. And he said, oh, you know that cow? I'm sorry. I was, I was a little absent-minded. You're going to have to do that all over again. <laughs> so sorry. So uh, we don't want the Kohen to do that. So since we, uh, we want to prevent the Kohen to do that, there has to be a downside for a Kohen to have a Corbin that's Pigle. So that's the reason why they instituted because of Hashide Kahuna. And therefore it becomes Tameh. And therefore it becomes Tameh. Yeah. See, uh, that's, let's take a quick look at uh, Rashi. Uh, Rashi, three lines from the top. Mishum Hashide Kahuna. They made a decree of Yapiu that you should, Kohen shouldn't purposely pigalize uh, the Corbin, but Ratzon with desire, Lahafsidus Abailim. He's going to get that guy back. You know, you, one day you're going to bring a Corbin. I might be on duty. You better be, her, be careful. So Rashi brings a second shot. The first shot is why would a Kohen deliberately pigalize, make something pigle? The answer is because he wants to get that guy, cause him a loss. He'll teach him some humility. But Ode, uh, the second reason is the Shlamim Hain. This is a Korbin Shlamim. The Kohen gets very little meat out of the peace offering. And maybe the Kohen's very hungry and he wants some steaks. So you know what? The Kohen might deliberately do it as a Chatos because this way he'll get more meat. And he'll say, oh, I'm so sorry. You meant a shlame? I thought you meant a chatos. Oh, but meanwhile, I'll have my whole family have steaks for supper, right? So that's another reason. So either way, in order to take away the benefit, uh, they, they declared that it was tummy. The Rashbam doesn't like this uh, second explanation uh, that they're going to do it uh, because that's not called pigle if he does it at the wrong Corbin. In other words... Uh, if, if the Kohen, there's a pigle is usually the wrong time or the wrong place, not the wrong Corbin. So the, Rashi's second explanation was he might do it as a chatos to get more meat out of the deal. The question is, if you want quickly, we'll take a look at the Reshbam. He says in the middle of Lonehira, he doesn't agree. It's only if you do it at the wrong time. That's not called pigle. That is sabotage. You could sabotage it in two ways. In other words, Rashi says that either you, you do pigle in order to get back at him and cause him a loss, 
Or maybe you'll do it with a different offering to get more meat. But the Rashbam says, but the problem is that's not called pigle. Rashi never said it's pigle. Well, he's going under the category right, of pigle. I'm saying, I'm saying, like in that ode, he doesn't mention. You're answering. Okay, very good. Think. It's always good to answer Rashi. <laughs> okay. But at any rate, that's the first case that we're afraid to take away the incentive uh, for a Kohen to cause trouble. We uh, declare that if it's pigle, his hands are tummy. Okay. Let's go on by during the Gemara. Mandatania no sir, and the leftovers Meshulam and Sile Kahuna. It's because of the Kohanim might be lazy. What we mean is that uh, first of all, there's more than one Kohen. So whenever you have more than one, somebody say, why should I be the one who has to has to eat all the leftovers? You know, let somebody else eat it. Or I thought he was going to take care of it. So uh, if they know that it's a real hassle to deal with leftovers they'll be careful to eat it before it becomes leftovers. Right, but the, the, the Karim Pesach is in my house, his house, head out. Well, that, that has nothing to do with Atila Kahuna. It had to do with your Seder went too long. That wasn't any client's fault that your Seder went beyond Chatot. You're saying it has nothing to do with, uh, with Pesach. It doesn't have that much to do with Pesach. Yeah, my yeah. seder, my seder lasted too long, so you know that's not because the Cohen's lazy. Correct, you're you're correct. Um, it could be this is just a general halacha. Uh, why are we mentioning it here? Right. So he's asking that we're not talking that the noser over here is a leftover for Yisrael, not leftover for Cohen, but. Um, they made the decree, I guess, by regular korbanos of Kohanim, because so, so over it's there... On a regular korban, the Kohanim was lazy. So where was the laziness? And not eating all the meat. Oh, on his... On, God, okay, on his... You know, yeah, there. that's yeah. right. Okay. It slept to the point that it became no sir. So yeah. once you see that there's a problem of being lazy and letting it slip to no sir, so then anybody at their pace... So it could be... Right. Right, right. It could be Rashi was uh, coming to answer your question. Look in Rashi, Meshumet, lazy Kohanim. They shouldn't be lazy in eating. But who had dinli Yisrael? So he's saying that it's not only Kohanim who could be lazy. <laughs> Said by a true Kohen, Yisraelim could also be lazy. In other words, this concern that people won't get around to eating every last piece—it um, could happen with anyone. Yeah, Rashbam or Rashi? Rashbam. That's what oh. Rashbam. Okay. Back to the Gemara. This is also connected, you know, that uh, Kohanim would know to be reason. So. Uh, so I was thinking about that. Uh, we usually find the Kohanim do a pretty good job. In fact, the opposite. They're very... Uh, but I think what it means to say is that within any group, you could always have individuals be, be tempted, so this kind of takes away that... Everybody's got to eat the horror somewhere. Somewhere, right. Had Omer, Kazayas, one says the amount is a Kazayas, and one says it's an egg. Mad Yomer, Kazayas, where did he get the olive size Kisura? That's the amount, uh, the minimum amount for what's forbidden. Mad Yomer, Kabeya, the one who says it's an egg size... Ketumaso, that's usually the size of tuma. Uh, the question is, how much leftovers will make your hand tame? In other words, we said that we decreed that the leftovers and the pig will make your hands tame. How big does that piece, what if it's only a tiny little piece of marrow? Does that make your hand tame? No, it's got to be, the question was, is it an olive size or an egg size? It's got to be at least that big. Something like a schmutz, you know, that doesn't make your hand tame. Okay, new Mishnah. Last Mishnah, actually. Uh, if you made the bracha for Korban Pesach, Pater es Shelzevach. Uh, Pesach night, uh, you, one of the few nights that every, every Jew brings a Korban, 
and they bring more than one. That's why we have the shank bone and the egg, because of Korban Pesach and Korban Chagiga. And uh, we mentioned that often that you'd have a large group with the Pesach, and you need to have more meat because uh, enough food to go around. So you'd have uh, more than one offering. You'd have the Korban Chagiga. So uh, when you shecht, you're doing a big mitzvah. And anytime you do a mitzvah, you make a bracha. So the question is, uh, do you make a separate bracha for all, one bracha for all, or each one separate? At the time of the shkita, at the time that you're eating. At the time of the shkita. So, Be'erat Birchas Pesach, if you made the bracha on the Korban Pesach, Pater Shozevach. That takes care of your Chagiga. Be'erat Shozevach, but on the other hand, if you made the bracha on the Chagiga, Lo Pater Shopesach. Divi Rebbe He says that uh, what's an interesting concept is that a Korban Pesach is unique. And therefore, the bracha that goes for the regular offering will not cover the Korban Pesach. Uh, uh, but the Korban for the Pesach will cover the regular, according to that view. That's Rabbi Shmuel. Rabbi Kiva says, no, all Korbanists are unique. Lo zupatra, lo zupatra. Each one, um, again, we tend to all put them all in the same category. Oh, it's an offering. Uh, no, actually, each offering is quite different. Each one, the mechanics are different. The result is different. Each one has its own uh, special uh, rules. The reason why I ask if you do it at the shafting or at the eating is because if the bracha is al achilas pesach, I guess I don't know. I never miss a will make one soon. Uh-huh. So then I'm not eating it when I shaft it. I'm only eating it when I'm at my seder. Yeah, it's interesting. Rashi talks about eating it. There is usually a bracha on on the. Uh, let's take a look at the Rashi. That's an interesting question. Rabbi Cohen is asking: Is that are we talking about the bracha when you shaft it or when you eat it? Um, I. Yeah, the Rashi also says on the eating, but okay. Let's see the uh, let's see the Rashbam. Birachta birchas haPesach or birchas haSev explains in the Tosefta. Eza birchas haPesach. Birchat Hashem Elokim. That's all those abbreviations. Birchat Hashem Elokim. Magalisha Zivanu Lechol haPesach. I guess you'd make that at the seder, right? Here's the mitzvah to. Ezu who birchas haSev. Birchat Hashem Elokim. Magalisha Zivanu Lechol haZevach to eat the korban. What korban are you bringing? That's the chagigas yudal rabbi mepesach. Or it could be he says nedorim v'nedav, which you can't do this year because it's Shabbos. But in most years you could have other, you know, just donations. Okay. So um, okay, let's see the Gemara. So what's this argument about? Whether one korban can offer, do for another? So it has to do with the procedure, the procedure for the offering. If the procedure is similar then one bracha should cover the other. In other words, if you have two of the same type of offering, you can make one bracha on eating the meat of both korbanas. But if, it, if the korbanas are brought differently, so the question is, maybe it needs a different kind of bracha because it's totally different if it's brought differently. So what is different about korban pesach than a regular korban? So the difference is the spritz, as we all knew. If you look in the Gemara, let's start four lines from the bottom. Ladive Rebbe Shmol. According to Rabbi Shmuel, even though the procedures are somewhat different, they're similar enough. So he would say, Zricha Baklau Shvicha. The Korban Pesach gets spilled, poured out at the, at the Mizbeach, whereas the regular Korbanas get spritzed, they get flicked. And so the Rabbi Shmuel, who said that the bracha for the spilled one, for the Korban Pesach, will cover the one that gets spritzed, he will hold that, well, Spritz, spill, it's, at the end of the day, as long as the blood makes its way there, it's not that different. 
Uh-huh. That's what he would hold. Zricha b'klau shvicha. The Spritz ones, uh, but on the other hand, it doesn't go the other way around. Veloshvicha b'klau zricha. If you made a bracha on a Spritz, that's not the same as, as a spill. Um, uh, so there's an intrinsic difference. There's also, um, again, I don't think today we'll really come up with what the difference is between a korban that's flicked and a korban that's spritzed. There is the idea of pouring. Pouring is definitely a theme. There's the idea of um, uh, pour out your heart, you know, to, to cry tears or to, uh, uh, we have like the, the water pouring. There's a, the pouring has a significance in halacha. There's definitely a, uh, something about pouring. And there's the idea also that there's like a, a wells up, up on high that overflow. And we ask Hashem to like pour out his bracha. So there's a, there is a significance to pouring. But I, I know that about pouring. I'm not sure what the significance of, uh, of flicking or spritzing is. I'm not sure what, you know, give it a spritz. You know, I don't know what, what happens. It's also how it lands. You know, on the, on yeah, but we're talking about the... Is, is it the action that you're doing or oh, the result? No, it's, it's certainly both. It's, in yeah. other words, the, the action of something you're pouring out is far more complete than you know, dipping one finger in and going like this. Right. That's taking a, a minimal amount of, of the blood. Mm-hmm. So the, 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 on both sides, and also in terms of the Zrika, that'll you know it'll give a uh, what's the right description? Um, it'll be a longer thing as compared to. So, um, so that's really the question. We can do, because um, we've got lots of time, but we're still going to finish in time. But uh, let's take a quick look at the Rashban. He gives a little bit more of the explanation here. Let's start about seven lines from the bottom. Um, yeah, so we, we finished the Gemara on this page, right? He says, spilling and pouring are totally separate, and so each one needs a separate bracha. When you make the bracha, a korban that's a spiller is not a korban that's a flicker. I don't know if, if it's spritz or flick. It's just, I guess the same thing. Okay, let's see the rest of it. Uh, Rebbe Kiva, Kedamina Nanmestisin, Gabe Birchasa Pesach, Bahazeva, Shein Zu Patron Ezu. One can't do the other because, like Rebbe Kiva, because one's a spritz and one's a spill. Rebbe Kiva Nami suffered the Pesach Bishvicha. Uh, he agrees that Korban Pesach is spilled. Nobody argues and says that you're allowed to throw the Pesach. He learns out there's a Pesach that says, spill the blood on the altar to Bechor, as Damolo Namar, Eladamam, their blood. And since it says plural, there is another opinion that says that Pesach also gets spritzed. And that spritz is one application, Kenegad HaYisod, uh, on the part of the Mizbeach that has a, 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 a um, what do you call it, a, a step underneath. Meirachuk from a distance. But even so, the spritz that by a Korban Pesach is not like the spritz of other Korbanos. Shehen Shtematonos, which is a double application, which is four. It says around, over there, you got to spill around. You got to spritz around. 
uh, that's spritz from a distance. The shame matana shame arba upesak matana achas is only one from a distance kedapricious. Shvika is totally different. That's makriv omed ala yisod. He's actually standing on that step. V'shovuk sham bekula and he pours out shohisham bekula kamar sif zrika levan mechatos by chatos it doesn't say spritz shemnasayim beetzba that's with the finger. So again, you really could have. Uh, you know, try to uh, come up with nice theories about what the symbolism is over here, if you knew all the details, as we're saying. But the basic concept is, is one kind of offering clo- is the spritz and the spilling close enough. Where else do you have this question about uh, two brachas or one bracha? And again, does each, does each korban get a different bracha, or does it get a separate one? So now the Gemara is going to go off as we turn the page on somewhat of a tangent, but that's the reason we got to it, because of a two bracha and one bracha. There's also a concept of finishing a mesechta uh, in a good way, in something on a high point. And um, often they hid secrets in the end of the mesechta, and uh, meaning that they finished off on something that's a little bit obscure. And I have a sefer at home that was written on why each mesechta finishes the way it does. Oh, wow. Um, it just... Uh, because it's really, uh, now the, the thing is, there are many mistakes finish off the same way, which is also interesting. Uh, but let's see how this one finishes. Reb Simloi, Ikla Pidyin Aben. Reb Simloi happened to arrive at a Pidyin Aben. He showed up at a shul somewhere, and guess what? Some, there was a baby born, 30, baby boy, firstborn child born 30 days ago. So I'll tell you, there is a symbolism over here because Pesach is all about a firstborn. The uh, uh, Moshe Rabbeinu came to Paro and said, "Bini b'chori Yisrael, the Jewish people is my firstborn son, and you don't let them go, and you're going to lose your firstborn." As we, uh, uh, and meaning that there's the idea of being Pesach is really the idea that we weren't meant to be slaves; we were meant to be the oldest son, the one that sets the example. And so the fact that there's a pigeon finishes with pigeon aben, that's very much the theme of Pesach. Um, there's a Pesach, the firstborns are the heroes, so to speak. They're consecrated. Uh, uh, and, uh, but there, something did happen, the golden calf, where we, there was a reason that uh, uh, the, uh, the, the service was taken away from the firstborn and given to a Kohen. And so that's why we redeem the firstborn. Really, the head of each, uh, the oldest in each house should go to the base of Migdish and do the service. But since... Uh, that Klausel proved that they wouldn't always be fit, so therefore the Kohanim are a substitute uh, for the firstborns. Um, so Pesach night is interesting because everybody becomes like a Kohen. Pesach night, ev- everybody eats a Korban. You know, everybody for that night, because the true role of Klausel, and there is an idea that the firstborns will get it back when Mashiach comes, uh, just like the moon will get it back. That all. The, um, when Mashiach comes, everybody that's goofed and messed up will get a chance to do teshufa, will come back. So there's an idea that the firstborns will also come back. Uh, that sin will be forgiven. And hey, then, what does that mean for us? I don't know. I always had that question. Oh, you did. <laughs> that's no, the, do teshufa uh, anyway. We'll figure uh, it out. Yeah, it'll be enough. Uh, it'll be basically be busy enough, and that'll, uh, that, uh, be enough work for the firstborns. Okay, yeah, you're right. That's right. Um, so, uh, it'll be more so, crowded on the right. that. Right, so it's it is very much a Pesach theme, um, right? About the firstborns, uh, about what happens with the firstborns and the redeeming of the firstborns, 
And one final idea, and that is that the firstborns in Egypt, uh, really all the firstborns died. And uh, the fact that certain firstborns were alive, that meant that they were spared for something special. And so Pesach, we look at it that, we, you know, we could have been those firstborns. We, the angel of death passed, or, or HaKadosh Baruch Hu himself passed, passed over us. And so we're here for a reason. Uh, that's really the theme of Pesach, is that Hashem kept us alive for this reason, and that has to do with Pidgin Aben. So at any rate, let's find out what happened. He came to the Pidgin Aben. So they asked him a question. They said, Boimine. They asked him the following, you got a rabbi there? Ask him questions. So, Pshita al Pidgin Aben. It's simple that the bracha on Pidgin Aben, Asher Kishan Vitsivanu al Pidgin Aben. That's the bracha of the Pidgin Aben. So, um, and then Avia Ben, and then the father of the child, Mevorach, Borach Shechianu Kimanu Higanu Lizmanazeh. Uh, so uh, the, this is a, a special occasion. It only happens once in a lifetime. So you make a Shechianu. So um, who makes that bracha? So Kohen Mevorach or Avia Ben Mevorach? Uh, does the Kohen make the bracha or does the father? There's two brachas. There's the bracha on Pidgin Aben and the Shechianu. So Shechianu means I'm happy. Uh, so who's happy over here? The one who gets the money? Or the one who gets his kid back, right? So Avi Ben Mevorach or Kohen Mevorach? Kohen Mevorach to Kamti Lehanel, he gets the money. So that's the occasion to make a bracha. Someone's giving you money. You didn't have to, that's a good, or, oh, Avi Ben Mevorach to Kohen Mitzvah. Yeah, I know, but the father is getting the mitzvah. So who's getting a better deal here, the Kohen or the father? So that was the question they asked Rev Similoy. Lo havi biyada. He said, I don't know. I, I never thought about that. Asa shol midrashi, what to the base medrash and he asked. they said to him, Avia ben mevorek shtayim. Even though there's two brachas, it'd be nice to split them up. The father makes both. Vehilchasa avia ben mevorek shtayim. That's halacha, the father uh, makes both brachas. Uh, so I'm planning on still reviewing this a little. They asked me to do the siyam on Erev Pesach, so we'll make the full siyam. Uh, and you, you, can pick up, uh, you can pick up the siyam on Thursday here from the shul. I don't know if they have somebody bringing out to the cars. No. But, oh, yeah, right. Uh, but, there, um, but there will be a siyam, and it'll be our siyam, Mir Tzashem. We all celebrate together with the shul on the finishing of Sachim. Yashikoyak, everybody. Uh, tomorrow, same time, same place, Shkalim.